read the text and pray and look in these matters. Proverbs chapter 6, looking at an ant today. Remember the first time I heard preaching on an ant was probably almost 20 years ago. There's this old missionary, they were doing a conference on animals, and it was, ants are pretty strong, but, uh, but let's read it, and then we'll pray and we'll get started. The Bible says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Be interesting to know what a sluggard is. It means you're slack. It means you're lazy, you're slow to move, idle, kind of like a sloth, to be a hindrance. And so a sluggard could be a hindrance, and it could be a hindrance to God's work in your life. It says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. Let's pray, Father in heaven, Lord, it's such a blessing to look in your word all the time, and I'm so thankful, Lord, that we can look into it and see things about ourselves that uh, help us and strengthen us, and I pray that this would be a blessing to those that came. Father, we do pray for all those that are home, particularly this morning. Help Maxine get to her car without falling down. And the last thing she needs to do is go to the hospital. I pray for Paul and Tim Lee this morning. God, I, I don't know if she's in pain this morning or whatever it is. I'm, I'm sure it probably could be. And, uh, I just pray that you would help her um, deal with this cancer. And uh, Father, I pray that you would allow Paul to, Paul to sneak away and uh, not be missed too much before he goes home. Uh, thank you, Lord, again for just meeting with us. Pray that you'd bless Lachelle this morning and, uh, and keep uh, George safe as he travels back from Idaho. Watch over him and his family, Lord. Thank you again for meeting with us today. Pray now that you would guide and services, Lord, and show us some things from your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot of stuff I see in this that um, is pertinent to us. First thing is, is that ant is an example of a hard worker. So if you want to know how to work, according to the Bible, you go look and see what an ant does. That's kind of interesting. The second thing is that ant works when the work is available. He says, go to the ant. You don't see too many ants working out in the snow today. You don't see too many ants doing things when that's, you know, when there's bad conditions, ants prepare. I don't know if you ever lived in the south, an ant will build up its ant hill before a rain cloud comes by. They, they somehow know, God put it in an ant to know that a storm is coming. And actually it'll build up, have you ever seen that? They'll build it up and then when the rain comes, it washes it down and, uh, and then they'll build it up again. Uh, ants lay up its food and needs for the future. Don't spend everything they have in one spot, so to speak. They, they gather stuff up, they know winter's coming, and uh, they put it uh, in, the, in their anthill, and so they have food for the future. But God expects his people to prepare for the future. And we're not just talking about a physical thing, we're talking spiritually. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You don't know what tribulation could cross your path. You don't know if your child could get something. You don't know if maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's you. It, it, you know, I didn't know this last week that my, I was going to have an infection in my jaw. And, and I'm just telling you that uh, you just don't know what's going to happen. And you're to be prepared for that, especially spiritually. An ant is commanded. No, no ant is commanded to work. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around people and there's work to do, what most people do, scatter, right? But an ant really doesn't have anybody over the top of them telling them what to do and, and where to go and, and how to labor and, and about those things. An ant just does what he can do and provides for himself with, without a king. And that's the way God's people are supposed to be. 
They're supposed to be providing for themselves, okay? The next thing I see is Ant will utilize the time it has to accomplish things. You have a limited scope. Your life is limited. It, uh, our, the Bible says it's three score and ten, which is 70 years. That, that's what we could expect to live in this life. 80 if by strength, the Bible says. And uh, in that time, have you counted the measure of your days to accomplish what you could in that time? I mean, we should have a goal. If you don't have a goal, you're probably not pressing towards that mark. If you don't have a goal to go the right way, you might be going the wrong way. And, and I don't know about you, but I played enough sports to know that when I am getting ready for a game, I want to make sure that I'm ready. I'm good, and that's what practice is about. And, and so we're to take the time in our life and we're to prepare for those things. And so the first thing we see and what we looked at, I've got five things. I don't know if we're going to have time to look at them all today. I've got two pages of notes. Um, is that God wants us to be a hard worker. So let's look and see. This is kind of different today. Our society wants us to get money from the government, right? That's kind of about the way it is. But God says not, the opposite of the fact that we're created to work. I mean, notice that work is not a four-letter word that is a sin. We are created to work. I'm glad that my father had a good work ethic. And, uh, if you know him, probably put him in the grave. That's, that's what put him there is because that's all he wanted to do. Look at Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. It's a good verse here. I've, I've been, like I said, I've been on a lot of sports teams. I've been, I've been working a lot. I've put myself through college. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, I like to work. But how much better would it be to do some work for God and have it amount for something in the future? I mean, all this stuff here we're leaving behind. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, For what shall it profit a man if she gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And we can gain stuff here, but I, my dad will testify he's dead today. He didn't take anything with him. And uh, my mom, too. And my family, my sister, works as a teacher. She's dead. She left everything behind. We're going to leave everything behind. And so what we're doing in this life, it should be to work for him. But it says down there in Ecclesiastes, Chapter 9, verse 10, here's God's word on it. It says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. So God gives you your ability. I have ability in numbers and building things and memorization is probably why I'm a preacher. I don't have uh, abilities in a lot of other areas. But the fact of the matter is that God gifted each one of us with different areas. My wife's a teacher. We have an accountant in here. We have some people that are good personal workers. And, and the fact of the matter is some lady can play the piano. We all have been gifted. Can you say right now before God that you did the best you have with your ability? And God, this is God's word. He says what you, you find to do, you do it with all your might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave whether thou goest i mean we got a limited time in this earth to do something for the lord and for our families to amount to something let's use it and that's the idea and this is the words of a preacher in the song of solomon and written by written by uh, solomon himself go to proverbs chapter 12. You've got a lot to say about a work <laughs> there's a lot of work god wants us to be a hard worker Proverbs chapter 12, look down at verse 27. <clears throat> the Bible says this, a slothful, it's another word. Have you ever seen a sloth? You almost can't see him move. I think sometimes Americans are sloths. I mean, they've been told to do something and they go, 
My kids do that when I tell them to clean up the room. Huh? Are you going to do something today? Hello? And so God's looking at us. He says this, Of a slothful man roasteth not that which he took in nothing, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. The idea is this, is that if you have something that came to God, are you going to use it? I, I, you get something from God, if he's gifted you with something, or, or I mean, if we have food or whatever it is, are you going to use it? You know what happens to meat if it sits in the refrigerator? We'll test if it gets rotten. And I'll tell you, if you have some food that's sitting there and you're not using it, guess what? It's just going to rot. And a lot of people make it rotten on the vine. I always used to tell people, I said, I don't think I'm the smartest in school. I don't think I'm the best on the team. I'm just diligent, and I'm going to use what God gave me to amount to something. I might not be the best preacher in the world, but God has used us and used this little church. You wouldn't believe how much. God's keeping these doors open. We're no beg for money here. We don't have to. God's taking care of this work. It's, you know, we might not have a lot of people, but God takes care of it. I'm telling you, he's taking care of my family. Why? Because if we take and use what we got, God just replaces it. I, I could give you a bunch of examples, but I'll spare you. Judges chapter 18 is not about me. It's about God talking to us. Look at Judges 18. I'll just testify that this is true. Judges. Well, they're coming out of the uh, victories of getting that promised land. And Joshua, and you get into Judges chapter 18... There's a particular attitude in verse 9 I just wanted to look at. We're just looking at work, the idea that God wants you to be a hard worker. Judges, in chapter 18, down at verse 9, the Bible says, and, and they said, Arise, that we may go up against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is a very good. And are ye still? Be not slothful to go and to enter and to possess the land. Isn't that interesting? So they're talking about going into the promised land. And, and there's a testimony that's left in Israel. Of the people, they saw the blessings of God, right? They came out of Egypt. By, the plagues wiped out the Egyptians. They went through the Red Sea, not the Reed Sea. They went, came up on the other side. They're three days from the promised land. They knew the promises, and guess what they did? Nothing. You know what happens? 38 and a half years, every single one in that generation died in the wilderness. Now their clothes didn't get old, their shoes didn't fall apart, and they had manna every day, and they had a, a cloud by day to cover them so they didn't even have to have a hat. And they had a fire by night, they didn't need street lights. And they had Moses to lead them. Talk about a GPS, a God positioning system. They were always where God wanted them to be. And you know what happened on the other side of that thing? They all died. It's because they didn't walk by faith. So when, you, when God calls you to go do something, guess what He wants you to do? He wants you to do it. And so if you see a promise of God in the Bible and you don't believe on it, we're supposed to. And guess what? You can get rotten on the vine and miss the promises. So the idea is in this text right here that they were slothful and didn't want to go up. Remember what they said? Caleb and Joshua, there's giants in the land. We can't go up there. The earth just swallowed up another one of them, Caleb. I don't know if you've ever read through it, but they're claiming all kinds of crazy stuff that never happened. They come back with those grapes of Eskol, and they had, an, I mean, it was unbelievable, the blessings of the land. They say, yep, it's good, but we just, we can't do it. Right, you can't. But if you trust God, he said he was going to do it. And so a walk by faith is trusting God to go forward. 
And so a slothful man doesn't want to work for the blessings of God. That's, and so he says, go to the end, thou slugger. A lot of people take this as a physical thing. It's good that we work. You learn how to work physically. You're going to learn how to work spiritually. But God wants us active in his Bible so that we understand spiritually what we need to know when the time is right. All right, look at Proverbs chapter 19. I don't know why I didn't put them both together, but Proverbs chapter 19, looking at slothfulness, kind of laziness, sluggard, and how God wants us to be different than that. So far we saw we're supposed to do what we can with all our might. Uh, and that if we are not slothful, we, we use God's blessings. And we should work for it. Something else here that's kind of wild that the Bible says about a slothful man. If you look at Proverbs chapter 19 down at verse 24. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 24, the Bible says, A slothful man hideth his hands in his bosom, and will not so much as bring it to his... He hides his ability. Have you ever been around somebody that you knew that was gifted, but they refused to use it? I've, had, I've known some people like that. They get sickening after a while. They, they get... I, I don't know. When I was younger, we had some people that were really good at things, and, and they refused to put any time in it. And they didn't, wanna, they didn't want anybody to know that they could do it, so they didn't have to do it. And that's not what God wants of us. If he, look at this. He's a God that can see your hearts. He's a God that knows your ways. He's a God that can get inside of you and make something of you. And, and we're not going to hide anything from God. And so if we have an ability, you're never going to hide. I mean, it's, it's the attitude of Adam and Eve, isn't it not? And so what happened with Adam and Eve? They, uh, uh, they decided to sin against God. And then God comes walking and they hid themselves. God says, Adam, where art thou? It wasn't because God was wondering where they were at. It's because they thought they were hidden from God and he wanted them to tell them what was going on in their heart, how they thought they could hide from him. We're over here. You know, what did you do? You know, I mean, we've done that. Why is this mess on the floor, son? Huh? You know, what are you doing? Are you, are you going to do something with your ability? I think, I think it would be a sad thing. I mean, I, I know in my life. Looking at our children, the work that goes into children, and to think they're not going to amount to something. And somehow that I can't get them to do what God intended for them to do with just something I don't want on my conscience. And I'm just telling you, is that if God gave us something to do, we, we better do it. We better not hide our ability. And God wants us to use that thing. All right, look over at Matthew chapter 25. Something about this slothfulness. I'm just looking at some truths of it. In the Bible, Matthew chapter 25. Again, God wants us hard workers. Not, don't, not, don't hide in ability. Proverbs chapter 25, look up verse 26. The Bible says this, The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and at my coming, I should have received my own with usury. What was the idea? He gave him a talent, if you look at verse 25, and he hid it. It says, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast that is thine. You know what he does? He didn't want to be a prophet to others. That, that slothfulness. And you've been given something of God, you should want to use it to be prophet to for the body of Christ. As the Bible calls us that we're his body. 
You look at Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and, uh, and uh, um, Romans chapter 12, it tells that we're the body of Christ and members in particular. And that uh, if 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with, profit with all. Look in your Bible, and um, and so if, if and and when he brings back food, is he certain that he's going to get that food when he comes back next day? Somebody else might get it, right? But guess what? The other ants are doing the same thing. And so the idea is, it's it's not really communist. You do what you can, but when the time comes, God's meet you. God meets your needs, okay? And um, the communism only works if everybody's working. <laughs> And then you can look at Ananias and Sapphire on those things in Acts chapter 4, 5. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that God, we, we can't, we, we've been gifted by God to help other people. And that's what God expects us to do. Look at Romans chapter 12. That's why people get slothful, though. They don't want to be a benefit. They want to get something for themselves. And so we've seen quite a few things so far, just on this first point. In Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible looking at the gifts of the body of Christ, but particularly down at verse 11, the Bible says this, to not be slothful in business, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. When I'm working for somebody, and I have done this, I've worked in the labor field, I've, I've, I've pounded nails for 30 years. I know how to build a house. And uh, um, when I work for somebody, it doesn't matter if they're Jehovah Witness, I don't plan on... I, I'm working for the Lord when I'm there. I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to work as hard as I can, even if they're not paying me enough. Why? Because I want to leave a testimony to that person that I'm a hard worker and that they need to hear what I have to say from the Bible if I ever get an opportunity. And so I, I'm, I'm not lazy. I, I, I had a Jehovah Witness working with. I, I'd do twice as much work as he would do at the same time because I wanted him to listen to what I had to say. And the fact of the matter is, God has exceedingly blessed me abundantly above all I could ask or think. And that by doing so, it opens doors. And God sees that thing. When you're working for somebody else, you, you're really working for God. And if I'm working for somebody and they don't appreciate me, I try to do the best I can so that they have to appreciate me. And it's, it's just something that people don't understand. And they think if they're not getting treated right, then they're not going to treat them right. But in God's system, he wants us to go and work the best we can and get as much done as possible, even if we don't like them, and trust God for a reward. And that's the idea. And, and what makes people slothful is they don't think, I'm not getting what I'm worth, you know. I'm doing this work and I'm not getting paid. Well, there's a God in heaven that really rewards. And, uh, and he, he will make all the difference. To be fervent is to be hot, very warm, earnest, excited, animated. Yeah, it was excitement for the, for the work of God. I'm sorry if it didn't seem like I had that. I was a little down. But, but I'm telling you, when you go to a job, you need those kind of things. I mean, when, when we are doing something for God, if we're excited about it, People want it, but if it's just the same old humdrum nothing, people don't want it. Amen? And I've been in a lot of dead religion. I'm telling there's a difference between Bible preaching, Bible teaching, and, and learning something from God than just going through a religious service. And that just that, when I got saved, God opened this book up. 1 Corinthians 15, the last idea, the last idea on this hard workers before we go to... Um, how an ant works. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. First Corinthians 15, 
And you know the verse, right? But be ye steadfast, unmovable, verse 58, uh, always abounding in the, in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not vain, where? In the Lord. And so that I'm working steadfastly for the Lord. I would go to work when I first got saved and memorize two verses of Scripture a day. And come home and just... Because it, it was something I wanted to be ready in case somebody asked me a question of what I believe now. Because that was different. My life changed. I went from religion to a walk with God, and I wanted those verses, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be movable. I'm going to be steadfast. It doesn't mean I'm going to be unkind, but I'm not going to back down from what Scripture says if people ask me something. I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord. If the, work, if the job's there, I'm here. Notice I was here. There's no one here. I've been doing this for 20-some years. You just never know what's going to happen, and I, and I found the same thing. I get down, it, it, it could be a hundred people there, there might be thousands. You just never know. You've got to go ready, and it's about the Lord. I've heard a preacher mumble one time about that guy. He went down the street, and he drew, drew art on the street and would preach on the street. He got down there, got everything set up, and it started raining. He got mad at God. Told God, I'm done here. I'm not coming down here anymore. I'm fed up with this. I can't. Put all my time in here, nothing happened on the way back. He had to use the restroom or something, stopped at a restaurant, and ended up sitting down next to the person. The guy got saved. And it was like, dummy, I had somebody else that you needed to witness to. And, and you just don't know what's going to happen. We're just to be faithful with what God called us to do, and, and that's what we do around here. And, and hopefully that will be a blessing. And, and then everybody's supposed to do the same thing. All right, so the ant looks to see what work needs to be done. Remember he said, go to the ant thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. So it looks to see what's be done. If there's something that needs to be done and you know how to do it, guess what? The job's available, isn't it? <laughs> Might not be good pay. I don't think that I've heard ants getting paid money, amen. But, uh, but that's what... Uh, uh, and that's what uh, the, the, you're just supposed to be busy. And so if we look at Luke chapter 2, I want to show you something about Jesus. It's interesting how he answers the questions when people answer him, even when he was young. In Luke chapter 2, when you go down to verse 49, his father and mother, <laughs> remember that Jesus was talking with the people in the temple and they left him behind. And it says, uh, um, at verse 47, then all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Okay? Um, if you look at verse 46, I guess it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. He'd been gone that long, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and, and asking them questions. And, and wouldn't that be something that God sits in a room with doctors and teachers of the law, and that's Jesus, and they didn't even know who he was? I wonder how many times that God showed up at a service and people didn't know he was there. It's kind of interesting. I think it's a common thing. I think you preach the Bible and you go through those things and people just don't realize that God was just right there wanting to help people. But look down at verse uh, uh, 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, verse 48, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said to them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And so it's father, his father's business is teaching people the, the Bible. That's what this is about. He's talking 
to the doctors of the law. He's, he's trying to help them, and here he is, a young man. And, and I'm just going to say, I, I don't know where we're at. I mean, God called us all in different fields. You notice that all the disciples weren't of the same field, were they? We had fishermen. We had a physician. We had a tax collector. We had uh, a servant, Mark, um, and, and various other ones. I mean, I, there's people that got saved or soldiers. And everybody's called from a different position. And then I don't know every single person in the Bible's uh, background, but I'm just saying, where you're called, guess who's going to reach a doctor better? Probably Luke, right? Who's going to meet, meet a fisherman? Well, probably Peter or Andrew, right? James, son of De Zebedee, probably. You know, who's going to reach servants good? Well, Mark. Mark was a servant. And, and so I, I'm saying... And then you've got the corrupt Matthias, <laughs> Matthew. What's well, a publican? But guess what? Guess who's going to reach the tax, tax collectors better, public officials? That's not who I am now, but, but that Matthew out of the Bible, he probably could. And so God gives you an open door through your labor of, of, of where you work. I, I've tried to talk to a lot of construction workers. They're some of the toughest people to get through to because they're the tough guys, you know. And start talking about the Bible, they're embarrassed, and they'd rather listen to ACDC and a highway to hell than find out how they can avoid the trip, you know. And, and it's just the way that those people are, and, uh, and they might not be really happy about it. But I tell you what, I, I don't want to be blamed for not giving them the gospel. I mean, there's a work to be done on this earth. The Bible says to lift up the eyes under the harvest because it's, it's white already to harvest and there's few laborers. And we just don't know, we don't know what's going to be accomplished, but we need to be faithful where he put us. Anyway, all right, Acts chapter 6. He, Jesus was diligent about his father's business. Acts chapter 6, look down at verse 2. Acts chapter 6, verse 2. Well, we'll start at 1. The Bible says in those days when the number of the disciples multiplied, and there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the, the daily ministration. And then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, Is it not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables? And so, because people weren't getting what they wanted at the church house, the church dinner didn't go what the way they figured there was a fight among Christians. Isn't that just sad? <laughs> I mean, no, we're considering the work of God, and what happens is that the church ends up fighting over things that are not essential. Color a carpet. Where the window went on the side, whose name got put on the back door. Then there's all kinds of crazy stuff that causes people just to get away from God. And what's going on here is that the disciples were trying to preach the word of God, and that certain people weren't getting their food when they wanted it. They didn't give me my food first. I'm not listening to what he has to say. See what I'm saying? They're missing it, okay? And then in verse 3, he says, Wherefore the brethren look ye out among, your, among you seven men of an honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And so the, the part of the church business to get these widows what they needed, it was work that God had in the church. Not everybody was the preacher. Well, what's interesting is Stephen is one of these guys. And I've read Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8, and I know that Stephen was a really good preacher. And you know what? You might not be doing everything you're able to do. Can you be content with it? There's something that we learn. Is an ant doing everything he can? 
He's just supposed to be faithful. You might not be doing everything that you're called to do. But you know what God wants you to do? He wants you to be faithful. He wants you to do what you're able to do and not complain about it. Yes, you may be able to do something else and one day God may give you that position, but you need to be faithful where God puts you. And so this guy, he was faithful. And he says, they're going to give themselves continuing the fair. And they, in verse 6 is when they sat before the apostles, they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and the word of God increased. The number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And so Stephen is one of these. We can read about him later. But, but the fact of the matter is he was, it, it was called to, to wait tables. Guess what? He would do it. You know, I, I, I cut the grass at the church. We put the tile in the church. We've painted the walls. And it's not just always about, you know, preaching. And there's a lot of work that goes into a prepare a message like this. There's time, and, 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 but it's not always that. You might just have to go help somebody to the doctor like my wife did or, or whatever it is. I don't know what you're called to do, but, but that's part of God's work, okay? And, and so, yeah, I'm not re my, reaching my potential, but I'm going to be faithful where I put. So that's the idea is that, yes, you might not be doing everything, but, but they're every, look, my children don't understand that I don't really love doing dishes. But guess what happens if we don't do dishes in the house after a meal? It's a mess. And if you don't clean up the floor where they got done eating or the table, you get that hard, sticky glue on top where you have to get a, some kind of a putty knife to get it off. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you, it's, it's the way of life. you got to do things that might not be glamorous. It might not be everything that you think. But it's what God intended. Well, look over at 1 Thessalonians 4. We need to do our business, whatever it is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Nobody wants to hear what the preacher has to say if they came over to the house and set their Bible down in the puddle of jello that was left there from the night before and they can't get it up off the table. You know what I mean? They're just all kinds of crazies. If the, if the chairs are dirty and you sit down in the chair and your pants stick and you got a little round spot when you get up, it's kind of hard to say, oh, I want to go back tomorrow. You know? And just certain things that it's not glamorous and it's work and it really is there and it's necessary to help people. And so the Bible says, look at this verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11. The Bible says that ye study to be quiet. Have <laughs> you ever heard that before? Study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we have commanded you. In other words, if you've got work to do, mind your own business. And don't sound the horn about everything that you've done. That's what he said. It's just be quiet about it. You know, study to be quiet. If you if you don't have to tell, if you can just exalt God, do it. If you can do the business you're called to do, do it. Verse 12, that you may walk honestly towards them and are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. And so, look, I, I just, this. it looks like if you're faithful, God comes in and meets your, your need. Okay? Look over at Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. How are we going to do this business? Well, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to be faithful. It'll be about my own. Romans chapter 16 and verse 1. Romans in chapter 16. If I mention something about business, I might say something about somebody else. It's interesting that Paul could tell 
the Church of Rome about anybody, and he tells it about his sister. You see this? You see, ever see stuff like this in the Bible? It's interesting. I think it's cool. And so, so what about women in the Bible? Look at, listen to this. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church which is at Centura, that you receive her, receive her in the Lord as become a saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. In other words, if people got over to that church, Phoebe was the one that was making sure everything was straightened out. And if she told them to do something, he said, you better do what she says. And that's something. You ever see that in the Bible? The Bible's got a lot of stuff in it, doesn't it? And so Phoebe was there and she had a she was busy. And the God's people, they he said, Don't hinder her, for she hath been a sucker of many and of myself also. And so so if you get to that church, she's gonna she helps people out, you better help her out. She tells you to do something, you better move. You know? That's pretty interesting to me. And so it can be a woman in the church. Notice she's not preaching, but she's taking care of the thing that church that Paul needed. I don't know why everybody thinks preaching's all great anyway. I used to think it was, but you get up there preaching, people just hate your guts. <laughs> all you have to do is read a Bible verse. It's amazing. Look over at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. It's true. Oh, you dare say that? Well, it was a Bible verse, actually. It's holding that it's right here. I guess if it was your own opinion, you might have a problem, but normally we stick with the Scripture. John chapter 4, down verse 35. The Bible says this. Well, look, look at verse 34. It says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not, say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look to the fields, for they are white already to... He said, I don't have work. Well, God said, you can just lift up your eyes and look around, and there's people that need the gospel. There's people that need God's work. I see that here. I tell you what, we have door knocked from uh, uh, all the way down by the cities up, up to Duluth, and uh, I, I don't have anybody say, oh, you must be from the local church. I'm just telling you, I, I haven't. We've door knocked some of these towns four, five, six times, and they're starting to know me. And the people in that town don't even know who are in the churches that are there. Not, and I'm not saying that to be, I'm just saying, I don't know where God's laborers are. And uh, I don't know that I'm the only one called to be a witness. But the fact of the matter is that we, we should be in some type of way. I'm not saying we have to do it my way, but there should be an outreach. Churches have outreach. When I first got saved, I remember watching Charles Stanley. He said, people in your if there's not some type of an outreach in that church, you shouldn't be there. There should be an outreach to get people into the to, to believing in Jesus Christ in some way. And I know that people witness in different ways, but there ought to be that. All right, and so here's the next thing, <clears throat> and it was an idea about the ant, as we consider his, her ways, that ant lays up food for its needs for the future. And uh, um, we, we just don't know what's coming down the road tomorrow, but what, don't you want to be ready? We got all these people around here prepping to avert disaster because the economy and, and other things going on, you don't, you're not certain on your job, but... But why not be ready to do something for what the Lord would have you to do? And the only way you're going to be ready, I remember I went to Bible school, I didn't go to become a preacher. I went because I wanted to know the Word of God, and I didn't know that by knowing the Word of God, you just kind of get put into ministry. But, but that's kind of just how it goes. 
And um, if we look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, Deuteronomy chapter 11, Numbers, Deuteronomy, down at 11 and verse 18, it says this, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18, the Bible says this, Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign on your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And so this Old Testament, I give you a, a lot more. Um, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalms 119, 9 and, and 11 there. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that Moses is telling them this. This is about the Pentateuch. But he's saying, hey, you're supposed to lay up, lay up this. I, I got these words and I'm putting in here in my heart for the time when I, uh, I need them. I don't know if you understand that, but... But like we'll look at Proverbs. Keep your finger there. Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs in chapter three. Yeah, the Bible says it will speak to you, be in the way, it will talk to you. Proverbs chapter three. It says down at. Uh, um, well, look at three. It says, "Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine." Heart. And so I write God's word in here, not John Wayne or or all the stuff that I put in there, the songs of these world of the world before I was saved, and not could go all day just talking movie lines. But but I'm supposed to write upon the table in here God's word. And the Bible says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of men, God and men. And so it's gonna be a work to get them in there. And and so it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not of thine own understanding. So they got two things inside of us. We got understanding, and then we've got God's word in our heart. And so the Bible says this: In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. Well, it might be something I think, but God expects me to go with what I, I put in my heart. That writing right there. And so once we get it written in our heart, if you look back over at our text in Deuteronomy, it says this. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house. So the TV's kind of out. <laughs> That's what he said. You should teach your children the word of God when you're at home. When you walk by the way. So there's your radio in the car. When thou liest down. Do you talk about them at night? And when thou risest up. Say we're pretty much about the things of the Lord. Yes, you're a fanatic for Jesus. Amen. I want to get the word in at any possible time. That's when God said you're supposed to do it. I'm, I'm laying it up there. Because there's going to be a time when my child's going to have to decide to stand for Jesus. He says, Thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates, and that your days may be multiplied. So by obeying what God's word is, it says, it brings blessing and it, it brings hope. And you're supposed to write these things down and lay them up. Be ready for the business. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. Tribulation. Or, or whatever it is. And there could be trouble in this life. But we need to make sure that we, we write God's words down. Look at the, um, look at Proverbs. We'll go a bunch a couple. Proverbs 7. Proverbs chapter 7. Look at a few there. 
and we'll talk about work in those regards. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1. And it says it again. So here, here is a man that is instructing his children, as Solomon, and he says, Keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and the law and my law as the apple of thine eye. Write them, here it goes again, write them upon thy fingers and write them upon the tables of thine heart. So the Bible says we're supposed to write his word on our heart. We're talking about being a workman. You have verses for the problems that are faced in this society. Hey, you want some welfare? If man works, neither should he eat. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So the Bible says. Well, what about having multiple wives? Marriage is honorable and all, and a bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. What about the woke thing? <laughs> An unnatural behavior? You know, gave them up under a reprobate mind? Well, it's not popular, but it's Bible. And it was in there. We were just looking at it yesterday, wasn't it? It's the last time you give them up in Romans chapter 1. It's the woke. It was. But, and the only other thing, then they get decide that they're not going to believe in God anymore. It's the only God, don't give them up any further than that. The last thing after the woke thing is they don't believe in God. And we see some people in the news media doing that. just follows Romans chapter 1. Isn't that interesting? But the fact of the matter is, is you ain't going to know that unless you start hiding them in your heart. And I, I remember... When I first got saved, I, how do you know for certain you believe what's right? If this Bible is in here, and even if the preacher told you something, but you don't have the word on it, what are you going to do? And so that's why I started memorizing. I, I want to know what the book says. I remember a preacher was telling me why we could have idols in the church. And he went John chapter 3, verse 14. And I found that John 3, 14, I was like, wow, okay. That's why I can have idols because of that. And I said, well, do you realize that that they were destroyed because they began to worship those things that were in John 3.14. And he was like, got mad at me. Well, I was like, hey, it's in the Bible. I said, are we better than them? Well, no. Well, then you need to get him down. Well, he wasn't prepared to take down the idol. I mean, so what are you going to do? I'm going to go with the book. I don't know about you. I'd rather be right with the Lord. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start writing that thing right in here. And you know what happens? It makes me sick to my stomach when they start trying to pump that stuff in. And if you're watching a Super Bowl or the filthy communications that they put up there and try to corrupt young minds, those children shouldn't be looking at that stuff. I just say, it's unbelievable. The, 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 our commercials have become pornographic. And I'm just like, I don't know how we got that far. I don't watch TV much, but I the, man, I played football those years. I can watch a football game, but it's getting bad out there, man. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, look at verse 14. He says this. We're talking about laying up things as spiritual things. I believe we should lay up things for work too, but I'm trying to help you spiritually today. Verse 14, the Bible says this. The wise man layeth up knowledge. Are you wise? According to the Bible. What are you going to do? You're going to lay up knowledge. But the mouth of the foolish. What's foolish? How do we define foolishness in the Bible? I'm just a Bible believer, but if you look at Psalms chapter 14, verse 1, it says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. And so a foolish man is not taking God into his thought. Doesn't that help when we come back to the verse that we're at, right? Verse 14, it says, The wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of fools is near destruction. 
In other words, they're talking about things that are just going to destroy them. I'm going to get a car. I'm going to get another drink. I'm going down to the firehouse or whatever's down here in the farm and go blow my money at the casino and we're doing over there. Well, let me tell you what Jesus did. What, Jesus, you're kind of crazy, aren't you? I mean, this is where we're living in our society. You start talking about the Lord that you really mean something, they're going to think you're nuts. What's not nuts is to go lose your money and buy a few more canoe paddles. Amen. I'm just telling you, it's just weird. I mean, they're not programmed to win over there. I mean, they don't get a motel like that because they're giving out payouts. I don't understand it, but, oh, well, <laughs> I had some money, now I lost my job, my wife, and my house. I wonder why there's trouble. There's trouble because they aren't laying up. There we go. <laughs> I knew I was going to get that in there. All right, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, running down the home stretch. Matthew chapter 6. Where's your treasure? Matthew chapter 6, is it in heaven or on earth? Matthew chapter 6, down to verse 19, the Bible says this, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Isn't that something? I'll testify that my dad's D7 didn't go to the grave with him. My dad's D4 didn't go to the grave with him. The 1105 stayed in the barn. The John Deere R is gone. The Belarus 825 was gone. The, the John Deere MT was gone. The Baylors, the Combines, the diesel pickup, the cars, the thousand acres, it didn't follow him. He had treasure, but it was on earth. And the Bible says that, hey, we're not to lay up treasures on earth. It's not saying you can't have them things and serve God, but, I mean, what are we really about? If you go right down and look at your own life today, are you about the things of God? Have you thought about the souls dying in your town going to hell? There, that's, that's it. Have you thought of the eternal words of God that he'd have you to know? And so he says, look at verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Well, how would I do that? Okay. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and nor steal. And so how would I lay up treasure in heaven? Well, we know what Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a what? It's a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. And so if you get somebody to trust Jesus or even just try to do the work, you think God's not going to reward that? We decide to start doing things and training our family for, for good and not for bad. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I get so busy, I mean, I'm, I've got the liberty to work for myself. And so if my children come up while I'm working, I, I look at them and I think, the reason I'm doing this work is for them. I'm going to go try to help them. And I'm going to come back and try to put my mind back on this work. But, but I want them to amount to something for the Lord too. Fact of the matter, everything that we have on this earth, we're leaving behind. And it's not that much longer. Three score and ten, I looked at my life, i got 24 years left before I reach that. It's not that long, you know. And I'm telling you that I want to use the time, that little blip, for the Lord, in my work, for the family. That's for God's family. And so he says down at verse um, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be. So if you're writing things on your heart, it's your understanding. 
You're memorizing. You're putting things in your mind. The Bible definition of heart is not necessarily this ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. The Bible says what the heart man believeth unto righteousness. But your understanding, in your, it's kind of like the seat of emotion in your mind. That I, I put these verses in my mind. Say, well, how do you know you're going to heaven? Do you know I've got about 700 verses ready to tell them? Well, what do you mean? Well, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, um, um, 9 and 10. For with the heart, well, actually verse 10, but the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do I know to I'm going to heaven? Jesus was God. He paid for my sins. He was buried and rose again from the dead. It's the wages of sin. That's death. He never committed a sin. He went to that cross to pay for the sins of man that if we put our trust in that finished work, he gives us the free gift of eternal life. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's the gift of God. And so there's that. Well, then you could ask about other issues. Well, do you have that laid up inside? I can help on that. I can help on different fronts. There's so many verses, and the Bible covers every issue in our society. And so the Bible says here in the text that where your, your um, treasure is, there is your heart. So depending on what you're writing in here, it's going to direct the way you're going. And that, that, that's just Scripture. It says in verse 22, For the light of the body is I, if thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. Verse 24, it says this, just skipping down. No man can serve two masters. In other words, you're going to have to decide what you're going to serve. You're going to have to be serving for the world or God. And I'll tell you what, the devil is probably going to threaten you if you decide you're going to start serving for, for God. And I don't know how many times I've been threatening you. You're going to lose your job or don't you care about this? I said, no, I'm going to care more about what God thinks. And I'm sure that God can give me another job. <laughs> This is what happened the last time on one of my jobs. You, you want? I said, no. I said, I witnessed you. If I come here, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to do everything I can to get as much work as done. Well, we don't want you. What? <laughs> what kind of society are we living in these days? What do you want? Somebody to sit there and not work and get paid. That's what they want. So they got a steady paycheck. They can go smoke their cigarettes, talk about lewd things, and go home. And they, it's like a, I mean, the job I was at, they just sit there and talk all day and watch me work. <laughs> Anyway, that, that's the one I have. But the fact of the matter is, is God gave me a better one, and all I wanted to do was just serve God, and it actually paid more than a new one anyway. So but I'm just telling you, it ought to be about God. I think God can give you a better job. I can give you a better future. But I'm going to lay up in things in my heart and do things for Him. That's what ants do. They're not going to your picnic basket to just sit there and munch in your basket. What do they do? They put the thing on the back, and you see the cracker walking down the road going over to the handle, right? That's exactly what we should be doing. Go into the Word, get what we need, start hiding that thing in there. I, besides doing things for this life, and I mean, I, I'm not saying not to be prepared. We could be heading for hard times. I'd say keep a stock up pile of food. But I, I think that, that should be a no-brainer. But my treasure's in serving God. Look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians. Well, how are we supposed to lay up? Well, we should lay up some good spiritual food and physical things to take care of our family. 2 Corinthians. But that's not what we're about. We're about serving the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Down at verse 14, he says this. He says, Behold, 
The third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. You know that money that was going to the big guy? It shouldn't have been going to the big guy if that really all took place. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But, but the fact of the matter is it should be going the other way. And the Bible says that the parents ought to lay up for the children. It's just a kickback is all it was. But the fact of the matter is, is that if I'm going to do something, I want to make sure that my kids are set up. I want, to, I want my children to know how to labor, know how to work, have a good head up on them. And even if they don't have a lot of money, it's going to take them a long way. And with God, if we've got his knowledge laid up, and it's the ability that gets us somewhere. And so that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be laying up so people are prepared for God's work. And it says in the text that, that the, the parents do it for... I'm glad I went to hear good preaching when I was young. I'm glad I didn't just go to one place. I, I think I've probably listened to about 16 preachers since I've been saved and a lot of messages and a lot of all week. And I just think God intends for us to take the wisdom that God gave the other preachers around the country to get, you know, what we, what we need in this life. Well, I look over at 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. And then I'll just give you a couple of little ideas and I'll be done. 1 Timothy 6. Down to verse 17, the Bible says this, Charge them, 6.17, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. What does riches do? It makes us think that we're better than everybody else. I don't know about you, I, I listen to our news media, and I just went to my wife, I said, that's propaganda. We don't know who's going to win a war. Look who, look, at, look who won the Revolutionary War here. Did they have more money? No. they have better weapons? No. they have better army? No. No, but they were diligent to their cause, weren't they? And so he says in the text, lay, it, lay, lay up and store for themselves a good foundation. Well, no, no. Let's go back up. But in the living, we need to start verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So why do you have what you have? It came from God. That they do good, that they be ready to, in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up and store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some have professing have erred concerning the faith. In other words, you put the truth in your heart because science, even though, I, I, I say this, I, I was a science guy, a lot of science was done by Christians. But, but according to the Bible, they will try to use science to what? Destroy you. And it will cause people to, quote, err concerning the faith. I'm just reading verse 21. And so I'll give you a fair example. Millions of years ago, I mean, I, I think it was Ken Ham. I heard almost 30 years ago he had an answer for that. Were you there? <laughs> I don't know if you ever know who Ken Ham was. Millions of years ago, you weren't there. I don't know how it came from millions of years ago to 6.8 billion, but they moved that number pretty quick. But the fact of the matter is, is that the God that created all this gave us what we need to know through the Word of God. And that if we would just believe what it says, guess what? It would change our direction and we don't have to worry about science. 
Over there, they're trying to teach that uh, women aren't women and men aren't men. I don't know how they got there. It was kind of weird. You have to throw out science to get there. And uh, it's just because they don't want God in their life. But the Bible says they'll, that it'll cause people, you say, well, what about over there? Well, the Bible says it'll cause people to err from the faith. How many preachers have jumped on board with that? And so we need to be careful that we live according to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4. So the ant is going to utilize his time. This is the last thought about this. You only got a set time to work. I had a set time to get some work done. Boy, I'm glad I worked hard. I actually worked Friday night so the rain and stuff didn't get on our new building. Praise the Lord. I was able to get the roof on. But you know what? There's only a certain time you're going to be able to work spiritually. And so the Bible says that we're to, well, let's look over there. Go over to Ephesians 5, Colossians chapter, um, well, let's go there. Psalms chapter 90 would be a good one to have too. So Psalms 90, Ephesians 5, and James 4. And we'll do those and be done. Psalms chapter 90 I'll do first because that's Old Testament. Psalms chapter 90, verse 10. The Bible says this. For the days of our years, I quoted this verse four or five times. For the days of our years are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score, that's seventy or eighty. Yet there is strength and labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear? Verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our, here it is, our hearts unto wisdom. There's no time to waste. You've got a number of days and there's no time to waste. Ephesians. Ephesians. In chapter 5. Ephesians. Galatians. Ephesians. Chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 down at verse 15. The Bible says um, I believe it's redeeming the time. Well, oh yeah. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. It's always going to be evil out there. And what, what we should be doing is redeeming the time. What is redeem? I'm going to spend it. I'm going to spend it with God. I'm not going to be lazy about it. I'm going to spend it and use it for God's cause. James chapter 4. Be done. James chapter 4. It's the time to use the rest of the other people come in. They're still going to come. James chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says this. The Bible says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. So what they're talking about, I'm going to go earn money. Verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. Are you walking in God's will today? Father in heaven, Lord, I the best I can at this time to just be a blessing. I pray that uh, we could hide these truths in our heart, Lord, that you'd encourage your people to walk and, and do your will in this, this life, Father. Help us, Lord, stand and, and do what we should do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.